and welcome to the Omega Republic, a radio podcast program for the furry and brony community. I am your host, the equine who feels fine, Copper Cap. Also joining me today is Tiberius. Good evening. I haven't brought myself, uh, given myself any sign of title yet, like you tried to do last time we recorded this, but maybe I'll be good enough to give myself one at some point. I mean, I have recorded stuff at some point. I have recorded stuff before, but I'll, maybe I'll be as good as you one day. And you're good in your own right in what you do. Just be proud of who you are. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here on Suiting Up for Life, where we seek out those in the furry fandom and get to know what it's like to be a furry and or brony, and what they do to make who they are a part of the community. Today, we have Fatty Dragon Knight joining us here from the Netherlands. Say hi, Fatty. Hello, what is up? Thank you guys for having me, man. Say hi, Fatty. <laughs> that was not intended as an insult. That is his name. Yeah, I guess so, but it's all good. Um, you guys can call me Luke, by the way. Just L-U-K-E, the Jedi way. That does sound like a bit of neighbor, fatty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, some okay. people call me FD, actually, but yeah. Luke works fine. That does work, too. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Let's go with Luke. All right, then, Luke. It is all good. Before we get started... We'd like to also say our trees are an important part of our ecosystem. With the help of one tree planted, they too are helping to keep trees in our forests. For every like this video receives, we of the Omega Republic will donate $1 to the program, max at 100, for the next 30 days after the post of this video. Thank you for watching and choosing the OR as your place of entertainment. Now let's get to know our friend with us today. How long have you been part of the fandom, and what brought you here? Hmm, oh man. For how long? I would say over, I think, actually I would say over six years, right about now. I joined it when I was 13, so that's pretty, pretty young. And that was back in 2013. And that's also uh, in January, I think, and that's also when I started drawing. And I think what um, brought that on is, uh, I think, one episode of... Uh, think a Japanese spin-off of uh, a Pokemon show where you have Professor Oak just introducing all kinds of Pokemon and you had this one episode where he introduced Dragonite so I saw that on YouTube and I was like, kind of mesmerized by it I have no idea why but basically I had no drawing skills uh, at that time so I tried to um, <laughs> I tried to draw the Dragonite on the picture basically and I had so much fun with that I wanted to do it again and again and again and I think that's what eventually um, led me to do art and what's brought me here so it definitely was the dragonite that sparked your whole all of your uh, your interests you might say yeah <laughs> yeah i would definitely uh, <laughs> give dragonite a lot of credit for that sweet chubby boy absolutely the chubbiest of cinnamon rolls thank you uh, thank you tiberius although charizard is pretty chubby as well he is, but um, he's not as good as Dragonite. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. The word of the snoot is absolute. He's not much of a cinnamon roll, more like a pretzel. <laughs> a pretzel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Well, he is a little salty. Oh my. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, yeah. You win. You win. <laughs> Your turn, Tiberius. <laughs> Alright, suppose we're doing this in turns. Well. The question here says that it's, it asks what you what you do towards contributing to the fandom. Whereas I, well, the way I say it is, what is it that you do 
as part of being in the fandom, what is your main, I'd say role, but probably a better way to say it would be hobby. Your main hobby that you bring into the fandom or put mm. yourself forward as still. Yeah, my main hobby, my main shtick, I would say that's a pretty easy one. Um, and that's, for me, that's short films. Um, especially within um, uh, YouTube, the furry community on YouTube, you see a lot of uh, story time animators and uh, like animation memes, like a bunch of that. And that's that's good. Like, I enjoy watching that. But um, personally, I feel like um, short films and just long animated uh, stories, you can bring a lot of magic with that. So that's what I, I'm trying to fill that void. And I really hope more people do in the future as well. I hope to inspire more people to do that. Are there any sort of any particular examples that you might have been inspired by in order to start making them? Mm. Well, when I graduated high school back in 2016, um, I really wanted to go and study animation, but the only college that gave animation classes was really far away and I didn't have the money to travel back and forth and pay for tuition. And that was a pretty difficult uh, period because uh, like you're, in, you're at a crossroads, like you don't know what you want to do with uh, with your life, basically. So I took a gap here and I took that uh, to actually study animation on my own because I knew that at the end of uh, an actual animation uh, major, you would have to make a thesis film. And you see a bunch of those on YouTube and I, I'm, I was super inspired by those. And I'm, I thought by myself, like, I don't need to be an animation student to make my own thesis film. So I, I'm just gonna <laughs> make a, a bunch of thesis films, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, your main role is it's specifically animation, yeah? You, you you're, uh, Would you say are you any versed in sound design or voice work, anything like that? It's your main, your main skill is animation, or is there anything else that you use to help you produce these short films? Well, now that you mention it, um, I would say filmmaking as a whole would be more uh, my shtick, really, because animation is a big part, I would say the, the biggest part of it, but uh, I also like script writing a lot. I enjoy voice acting. I, I love recording Foley sound effects and uh, incorporating those um, into the films itself. I like uh, working with, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, directing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, directing and mm -hmm. stuff like that, basically the whole shebang. Sorry, the uh, universal art of filmmaking in itself. Yes, yeah, very much so. Being a director, it does require some relational skills, talking to people, finding out what their skills are, and getting them to work with other people in tandem so that they can contribute to the project as a whole, which is very important in being a director. But obviously, we should not drag this out. But it's, it's good that you teach yourself such a wide array of skills because... Even even it's something as simple as just animating, it's it can be a difficult topic to to even start to learn because I mean obviously for everyone it'd be difficult to learn, but I feel like at least for me animating itself is is a long process. Right, it does require a lot of patience, but um, I'm very thankful to have um, people who uh, are willing to voice act for me um, for the films. And um, 
uh, to produce music for them as well. I feel like music is really important to really uh, make a film powerful, right? Um, you can make music synergize with the um, uh, with the story itself, and I think that amplifies it that much more. So I can't do it all by myself, and I'm not trying to. But um, sometimes I am a bit stubborn, and I want to I want to make sure to make it right um, in my image, basically. Uh, for example, it's like how you say you're able to incorporate the right music and sounds. Uh, say, I mean, your most popular animation being Vending Machine. I mean, you balanced the sounds and the voices and the music very well. It made it a very soft, very warm-hearted uh, video, and it was very pleasing to watch. <laughs> Thank you. I think most of that, because again, coming back to the music part, um, I feel like the soft um, swing slash jazz music really helped to bring that out, kind of create a l relaxed atmosphere uh, mixed with the warm colors I used. And um, I think the main reason that the music turned out so well is that I made the whole film as a like the sketch phase, basically. I didn't color everything, and it was still very rough. And then I sent that to the to the composer so that they could uh, compose the music based on the animation itself um, instead of vice versa, which is what usually happens. It, you know, it turned out really well, and I'm, I'm happy that you, were, that you and the other artists involved were able to just bring this all together into a very, very nice uh, animation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. It would be a lot of things to balance in that regard, especially it goes back to working with other people. And working with other artists as well, people that are doing, working on the uh, same part of the project. For sure. Um, um, there's uh, this one animation, I would say actual an actual film. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of it. It's called the Has Been Hotel. And um, that um, that's basically not a one-man project. There's a bunch of different animators who worked on that. And mm -hmm. um, I think to create something that big and that cool, I think that would be a pretty big goal for me as well. Because I, I, I know that I cannot do it alone as much as I <laughs> wish I could. That's definitely something I've always wanted to try and be the part of. Ever since seeing, in back in my days when I was uh, part of the Pony fandom, not so much anymore, but I still have an appreciation for the show. I've always wanted to try and be a part of some very big project in that in that regard uh, specifically voice work and, 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 and singing and probably work if that's really necessary but to be able to lend my voice and see my name in a in the credits of a, a big project like that is sort of a dream of mine and eventually something bigger but it's, it's definitely something big to look on to, isn't it? It's, it's, it's an astronomical task to, especially to produce a project like that. Mm, well, again, it, it requires a lot of patience, but um, also a lot of passion. And if you really enjoy voice acting, I can assure you, you will see your name in credit. Because if I can do it, then you sure as hell can. It's, <laughs> it's not something to be disappointed with. I mean, no matter what kind of content you turn out, I mean, it's always something to be proud of to have a completed project, especially if you have more than one person working with it. Yeah, I'm really proud of the uh, the final uh, well, <laughs> the final thing, really. 
I find myself looking back at it whenever I'm just having a pretty crappy day, and it's a it's a it's a real pick me up. You know, seeing something like that would definitely be something to be proud of. I remember when I got invited to um, my first uh, ever film festival. Uh, the film got selected for it, and it was in uh, the city of Middleburg, which is uh, on the I think the southeast. Wait. Yeah, southwest of the Netherlands, basically this little island uh, island area. And oh man, to be able to see my film on the big screen, I'm really glad the lights were out. I bawled my eyes out. That is that is a big that's a big moment. <laughs> Even to be featured, you know, to just win an award, but you know, to see the fact that it's good enough to see. Now, I haven't won an award yet, but. Even still, like the memory itself is way more than enough, and I'm so happy I got to experience it. There's always time. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Are you a first suitor? If yes, who made your suit? How long did it take, and will you decide to improve on it? If no, will you seek out a suit maker, and do you have any preferences? Well, not a lot of people know, but I actually am a first suitor. Uh, my suit was made by uh, a Canadian suit maker, Comic Crazy Studios. Uh, let me see if I can find a couple of pictures. Um, and uh, I commissioned it in, um, I think, two years ago. And that's around the time uh, I was in the queue. And then when it was my turn, it took about a month to be done. And I'm really happy with the uh, with the service and how it turned out. But I saved it, uh, saved up for it for many years. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the soup maker is a lot less tall than I am, so it, it kind of looks like a bit of a marshmallow. It is. That's a pretty pudgy boy. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, the whole body can be filled up with polyfill, and um, it goes up to six bags, but I've only been able to suit um, with three bags in it, because uh, I would like to live, thank you very much. That would be awful to suit in. It's a lot of fun, actually. It's just, um, it depends from person to person, like, um... Well, with six bags. It is, it is, yeah. It's very heavy, really hot, but it's a ton of fun. About a week ago, I went to, um, a meet called the University, yeah, with the fur, and it's this big-ass fur meet in a huge-ass arcade, and you get to play games and stuff in suit, and it was a, it was a ton of fun. Let me see if I can find a couple pictures of that. Would you decide to, um improve on it any other way or do you think you're satisfied with how it is from now on with the suit yeah uh yeah i would say i'm very satisfied with it i mean i'm not a first suit maker myself unfortunately so i can't really improve on anything myself finding something that you're happy with <laughs> one of the well it's self-satisfaction more than anything but there are people who do tend to change their mind a lot. I, I could kind of be like that a lot. Yeah, it varies from person to person. But okay, so here's a photo of me using one of the. Uh, yeah, I think this is some kind of uh, pedaling game. That's precious. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I have a couple more actually. I'm just looking for these. Thank you guys so much for waiting. Okay, here's one more. This is the last one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, you put follow me eyes on it. Those are fantastic. <laughs> Dude, those are the best. But yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. Like, I'm really happy with the suit. Definitely not a summer-friendly outfit. No. I don't think any fursuit is summer-friendly. 
That much is true. That much is true. None of them really are any kind of summer friendly. When it is fully loaded, have you ever like stood on a scale and like seen like how much it weighs with you and this stuffing inside the suit? Oh my god. That's a fantastic question. Oh my god, I need to do that. I haven't done it yet, but I will do that next time I get to, to sue because it, it is a hassle putting it on. Like, gotta, gotta put on Under Armour, yeah. stuff like that. Like a cooling vest, obviously. You need to have someone take your picture while you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, even though I cannot see the scale, I can guarantee that. I think the stuffing in and of itself would easily add like 30 pounds. So yeah, it's a, it's a wrecking ball mode. <laughs> you ever just like roll around in it? <laughs> it? That would be funny, but I would need someone to follow me tuba, and the downside is the, the suit would get dirty. Yeah, that too. I heard it's kind of difficult to wash a suit. Yeah, it's it's a hassle. Like You, um, you kind of have to set aside a whole day for it. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's worth it. Uh, the underside of the feet... Are there, like, grips underneath, or is it all uh, fur? The underside of the feet um, is basically a sole, because they're uh, outdoor feet paws. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those terms. Basically, you got indoor, which is only for, um, basically, then you get the, the real paw pads, but you can't really walk outside with those, or they'll get really dirty. And you have the in wait, the outdoor paws, and that's just a sole. You could just step on that with anything. And since uh, Dragon Eyes don't really have, like, beans or anything like that, I just went with the outdoor paws. Makes it a lot more accessible. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I would rather have, because um, you can obviously walk indoors with outdoor paws as well, so I'm going with that. As far as Dragonite's not having beans, uh, I'm sorry to say there are some artists out there who would probably fail to agree with you. Uh, we won't go with the details on that. Yeah, well, it's the furry community, like, that's, that's always going to be a thing. As <laughs> an animal, there'll be someone to put beans on it. Yep. <laughs> Beans. No, I'll never not get tired of that. Well, we're going to be diving a little bit deeper with this next question, and it's something along the lines of you yourself as a person and how it affected your choice of persona. Though, from what I've seen in your case, it might, it may not be as much but you know every person is different so it goes as that based on your your sona or your animal uh, do you feel that it presents your personality as such or do you do you feel like you want to be more like them emotionally or as a person or is it just kind of like hey this thing is cute i want to be it <laughs> i love are you out of that last part? Because that's probably what a lot of people think, right? For me, I would say, because uh, when I first saw Dragonite, right, it's this big look. He got this big Moto Moto looking chonker with a big snoot. And uh, he's got this friendly demeanor. He's got his arm up like he's waving at you. And I thought, like, like that guy seems like a really swell fella. So I made um, I made my Sona a Dragonite. And there's barely any Dragonites. So, like, you kind of stand out a little more. Be a really swell fella. <laughs> yeah, swell. But yeah, to come back on your question, I feel like my Sona itself is kind of based on, yeah, I guess my personality as well. But of course, I also kind of picked Dragonite because, like, he's just super cute. <laughs> I suppose everyone kind of has that reason for picking them in their own way. People like, some people like dragons, so they'll pick a dragon. Some people like cats, so they'll pick a cat. 
Right. I mean, dragons are awesome. Cats, however, nah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you really like knocking glasses over on tables, yeah, go with a cat. Yeah. Well, cats can be awful sometimes, <laughs> but they can be very sweet. And, uh, well, you know, others, others can decide, well, others can be really slutty, and so they decide to be a fox, which is the general consensus. <laughs> right. They have no imagination like our founder, he can be a wolf. Dude, wolves are cool too, man. You got coyotes, you got uh, jackals, but uh, to me, they all kind of translate to uh, big, fluffy-eared furballs, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Don't speak too well of wolves. He'll hear you. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm, I'll, I'm not speaking wolf, am I? <laughs> <laughs> His ego is big enough as it is. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. His ego is big, but his schedule definitely isn't. Mm, well, if it <laughs> wasn't, then I think he'd be here right now. No, he, well, different jobs for different people. Right now, right. He's, he's delegated the uh, running of the league uh. to myself and Copper day to day. He's very, he is a very busy person, but he's he is a very good leader and... Obviously, we wouldn't have the Omega Republic if it were not for him, so... Ah, uh, the Alpha Wolf. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I love this sigh in front of the hair, like... Don't tell him you said that. Why, is he that... Is, he, is this ego that big? Yes. yes. In a non-genuine way. Yeah, something tells me you guys think he's kind of a douche. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. He's just a, a fluffy like fella. It's kind of an ironic ego. Oh, okay. Like he likes to joke with it, but that's all right. Well, he's he's a very unique individual in and of himself. Anyway, we digress and we move on. Uh, being a furry and or brony walking among society, do you feel more or less alone than before you became what you are? Has it opened up opportunities towards making friends? Oh man, that last bar definitely. For me, it's just the fur meets. At first, they're pretty scary, right? Because um, all of a sudden you're in this area with furries, basically. But then you realize that most of them, like, they're kind of like you. You're on this same wavelength. And I feel like that's really cool. The more meets I go to, basically, the more people I get to know. Like, you chill a little more often with friends. A couple of years ago, I didn't do that that often. So it's cool when you just meet new people, you know, hang around, make friends, stuff like that. So I'm very grateful that um, the community has opened up, basically, doors for me to socialize more, get more out of my shell, more out of my comfort zone. So I definitely feel less alone. Yeah, because even though even though you have animations that are very popular, I'm sure that, you know, there you can agree that there is a difference between friends and fans. Yeah, yeah. For me personally, I feel like um, that uh, that difference is not too far. Like, if you're a fan of mine, you're also a friend of mine. I, I met this one. Personally, what just makes me <laughs> explode with happiness is just meeting a person, IRL, who's seen my work. That's just amazing to me. So that they're just instantly my friend when that happens. So I feel like that difference isn't as far as it is to, to some people. I see. And that's that's awesome. I'm glad you're, that you can look on the positive side of things, and that's... It's just amazing how how much you can how much how how good it can make someone feel because it it doesn't just make them feel good to be able to talk to you but it makes you feel good as well and it just just yeah. helps to show this how how well this fandom helps so many people and that's that's what's awesome about it. Word, my man. But yeah, how could it not be awesome, man? Like, 
I have a lot of passion for animating and just to kind of see it bear fruit in a way. That's just, just so awesome. I can't put that into words, how awesome that is. So thank you for letting me relive that memory, Calvert. Well, one of the best ways to ask this next question would be that specifically, and this is specifically tailored to, to yours, uh, in reference to your two most recent videos, that have you felt in any way that in incorporating, it, it says quote-unquote roundness, but the theme of, the theme of, yeah, I, I suppose roundness would be the best way to put it, <laughs> into the actors and subjects, would it, that it limits the amount of viewers that you might get, or, or to an extent that it might, kind of put you in a bad spotlight and that it might change how people see you really because Crara and he was supposed to be the one who was going to answer this question but I, I do see where it's coming from that he himself and, and, he, and he's told me this before that he he's kind of felt stigmatized from it and you know, you've obviously seen his his uh, Sona, or you might have. Uh, he, he kind of puts himself in the same portrayal, which is why he's quite a fan of yours. And and he was one, and he was kind of curious as whether you might have the same issues as he was that he'd be scared of being a part of the stigma and being kind of ousted as a, an outlier within the fandom more. Or really within the public in general? That's a very interesting question. Um, I would have to um, thank Career for that one. Um, I'm really glad I get to answer this uh, live. <laughs> um, I feel like when you're uh, really into something, right? Because for me, it's like the, the kind of <laughs> heftier body types, I would say. Um, I would say you're automatically a little, little more insecure about it. For me, when I first started animating, um, I was pretty scared of, of course, how what people's perception was going to be, because my earlier videos are, they don't really make it subtle, so to say. Like with Vending Machine, it's a lot more subtle, um, and that's the direction I want to go in. But um, yeah, um, at this point, since I've actually put myself out in the spotlight, right? People know what I'm into. I'm not, um, I'm not going to hold it back. I feel like I've become a lot less scared of that. And uh, for me, I feel like it's fun to just uh, put different types of body shapes uh, into films because you often see the same, the same kind of body shapes. And yeah, I want to try and make that a little bit different. Yeah, exploring, exploring body shapes and differencing or you know varying the type of bodies and shapes and sizes and colors and everything else in in animation is what makes it stand out stand out and within other forms of media which is it, it's the ability to be able to create those different shapes and sizes for sure for sure um i will say that um of course it is kind of a, a niche thing like not a lot of people are into it and um a lots of furries they have that kind of thing, right? They're into something, and um, I feel like it's not necessary to suppress that. I feel like furry needs to stay weird, so to say, so and unmarketable for me. I feel like that's what kind of identifies um, a lot of the community. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but... No, I oh, yes. 
I think it is important to have that kind of... I do see what you mean by the words make it weird, but give it that... that exotic. I still use the word exotic, that kind of... Yeah, well, not really super weird, of course. I'm going to keep it uh, PG. I've never drawn anything that's not PG. And, of course, I want to go more in into the direction of make it a making it a little more subtle, you know, just... Um... Don't make it fetishistic. Yeah, basically. But I will not just uh, abandon my <laughs> my roots, so to speak, and just make all the characters in my future films just sticks, basically. That's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's a part of who you are, not something you're really into. That's that's the core difference. Yeah, in a way. And uh, to bring up a completely different subject, uh, I mentioned unmarketable. I feel like um, what makes the community very special is that it's completely free from uh, commercialization and corporations, basically. And the reason for that is because furries have a reputation of just being fucking weirdos. Absolutely. And I feel like that's <laughs> one of its biggest strengths because... If furry becomes a trend, I wouldn't say Pokemon Go, but like a trend, it will die for me personally. It's to be seen, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm thinking way too much. This, of course, just my uh, subjective opinion. No, no, you, you, in a way, you're right. I mean, in a way, I mean, the, I kind of think about, you know, and uh, this this is kind of getting off topic a little bit, but when you think about the Brony fandom, when Lauren Faust left, uh, a lot of people were upset by that. And then one by one, all the original writers began to leave, and it seemed like more and more you started seeing, you know, these these toys that were, and then it started feeling more like a marketing show rather than a a morals or a family show. So, I mean, it doesn't exactly fit in, you know, quite with what you're saying, but I mean, I can kind of see where you're coming from when you say that sort of thing. Yeah, it's very interesting that you bring the brony community into that, because I never really, because that is something that's kind of, I wouldn't say controlled by corporations, but it's definitely right there, because it, it's based on a, a cartoon show, right? And a really good one at that. A cartoon show can't really go on forever. No. In fact, the finale was just a couple weeks ago. Damn, was it? Man, I need to see that. <laughs> I'm finding a new decent way to come up to come up with it. Anyway, a way to see it. Anyway, since it's based on that, there's no. I feel like it's not really sustainable because the furry community uh, drives its energy from itself. Basically, it's kind of like it's kind of like a hamster wheel powering its own thing. It's it's sort of its own medium. It's a medium based off of a an art style, uh, a perpetual art style, rather than a singular piece of media. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say art style. It's its own theme entirely. It's its own feature. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. It's also just the community, right? Because you got lots of like-minded people. Uh, like you don't see, you don't really see Valley Girl, <laughs> anyone like that at furry cons. It's mostly just dorks, like me. Yeah, and it is more of a community than it is a focus on it. You, yeah, obviously the furry fandom is has the theme of, of anthropomorphism as, as its core, but its main feature is that it's a group. Well, it's not even a group. It, it's a community. That's what it is. It's something that a large group of people, a very, very large group of people in the, in the I'd say over a million at least. Damn, a million. Uh, well, it's, it's, yeah. well, there's no way of knowing the numbers, to be honest, but you can see where I'm coming from is that it's not 
tied to a singular piece of media, like I said, it's it's just a kind of widely based idea. Yeah. That people flock to and create their own iterations and their own different nuances of life around, really, because being a furry isn't just about art, it's not just about music, it's it's a lot of things at once. It's fursuiting, it's life, it's it's making friends, it's making right. food sometimes, you know, dragon cakes and all that, I suppose. Right. It's not just one thing, it's not just a show, it's it's a lot of things, it's like, it's, it's it's a lifestyle to a certain extent. Cause you can't <laughs> all right, wearing a fursuit all day. I just, no, I'm kidding. Awful. <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. Damn. Oh man. But yeah, we got um, we got really into that. Man, I feel like my mind just run a marathon. <laughs> Something to think about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was not prepared for that question. <laughs> During your day to day, since becoming part of the fandom, what are some things that you started doing different differently in your life? Man, I'm going to have to look back and just compare. I think for me, is working more on, um, I guess, the social aspect of my life, basically. Just trying to get out more, get more out of my shell, because that's kind of what Vending Machine is about, right? You barely see any um, any films about social anxiety or anything like that, because even though lots of people struggle with it, and I'm seeing the community as also an opportunity to just to try and beat that, try and get it under control. Uh, for me, like my routine, every other day in the morning, I lift weights. Besides that, I'm just trying to look at other people's art, try and learn from it, maybe do a couple studies. That in and of itself helps a lot with improving my art and animation skills. And yeah, I think that's it. It's 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 a very simple one, but it's a very one. People have different ways of the life they live after joining the fandom. Some people it's a very big change, and some people it's just as simple as looking for different things when they're alone. Well, looking at different things when I'm alone. <laughs> spend their time when they, how they spend their free time and the people they talk to. But like I said, it affects different people in different ways. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, for me, I just like to have a solid routine and right, I wake up, you know, make breakfast, you know, maybe lift a couple weights, do some doodles in a sketchbook, uh, take it easy, maybe go for a walk, um, some shopping, if I'm not uh, at school, that is. So yeah. It's not really so much that you've changed your life, but your life has changed around you, you would say? Ooh, I'm trying to think of how exactly to do that. I feel like I am in charge of the changes that I do make. Um, it's mostly that just the, the encouragement from the people I talk to in the community has contributed to me being motivated to make those changes. I, I can accept that. I like that. Well, we'll have to make changes at some point. But I'm, I'm trying to uh, make them positive changes, right? Obviously. Oop. What we got going on here? All right, shall we move on? Uh, I mean, uh, I did. Uh... I did the last question. You can do this one if you want to. I'll, 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 I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Go ahead. I'm ready, man. We can leave that in. So, this is a question that we normally ask everyone that's been on the show, and I've done it a few times. 
that would be. Uh, well, I actually have my own question to ask once we still have time. Is that uh, if you were to meet someone who was looking into or was interested into joining the fandom, and they themselves weren't sure where to start on what platform to start in, how exactly would you personally introduce them, or what kind of advice would you give in order for them to insert themselves into the fandom? Mm. All right. The grand finale question. Yeah, I think what I would do is I would tell them that if you have passion in what you do and you like what you do and uh, you put that before um, followers or money or anything like that, the rest will come by itself, basically, because I make films uh, mainly for me, because even if they get zero views, I will be happy and it would it will it would be worth it and that's also why I, like I, I I don't have ads on my videos or a Patreon or anything like that because um, I want to make the films mainly for me. It's good that you make it your own goal. It's and of course it goes back down to everyone has their own ways and their own reasons for doing things. That can be kind of boiled down to anything in life really. People are different, but. The people, there, there are some people that you hear that, oh, I want to do it for money, and that's a perfectly reasonable. Absolutely, yes. So, because obviously, if you like doing something, you should never do it for free. You know that that the age-old thing that Joker once said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it holds up. It's true. If there's something that you enjoy doing, or there's something that you have a talent of doing, then you should. There's no reason for you to not get paid for it, and people. Uh, there's this stigma of that, oh, if you want to do YouTube for it, to get paid for it, or if you want to do, if you want to be a streamer just for the money, then you're scum. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do something and making money from it, especially if you enjoy doing it. The difference is whether you maintain your integrity whilst you have that as your employment and whether you do a good job of doing it in the first place, because if you don't, if you're not doing a good enough job to make good to make money off of it, then what kind of job are you doing? Right, and I definitely agree that that integrity is completely separate from uh, your end goal. I, uh, I think like a couple of days ago, I bought a Cuphead. Like it's a it's a pretty hard game. Like it's got this bad. It's got such a fantastic animation style, right? Oh gosh, that game. I can see the passion. <laughs> I can see the passion in it, and I think that's just really what I missed in uh, lots of games and films and media, basically, like the super hard uh, rubber hose animation game. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear. <laughs> it's all good. It's a bit of a strange thing. I, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Cuphead, isn't that? Yeah, it's 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 brutal. <laughs> No, in, in, not in that way. I haven't played it, and it's not really like my type of thing. You know, like, after after playing uh, Dark Souls for thousands and thousands of hours, well, thousands, hundreds, uh, and getting actually tired of it, just hard games aren't for me. But in terms of the, the animation and the visuals and the music and basically the production in order to make it genuine, it's second to none in terms of of visuals. It's probably the single best best animated, produced, written, well, yeah, written as well, uh, drawn game I've seen in my life. And that is, without a doubt, the actual truth. Right. And I do not doubt that one bit. But to come back on the, uh, I guess, the money thing, is that I'm fortunate enough to um, 
because I still live with my parents, right? I'm fortunate enough to not have bills to pay. And some people do, and they need a way to do that. So they um, doing that is very valid. And also, if you just want to save up for like a hotshot big car or something like that, it's completely valid. But that's just not really in the cards for me personally. That's absolutely fine. There's no reason for you to, to change. There's no reason for why you should have to change why you pursue something. Right, right. And then again, that's just um, my way of doing things, and everybody has their own, and that is all completely fine. So yeah, that would be my advice. That's good. I think that's good. Uh, there is. Now, we have kind of exhausted our questions, uh, but like I said, there is one more that I did want to mention, and that is, if there was someone who had admired, admired through admiration of your work, or someone else, and was coming to your for you to advise that they wanted to start in animation or production or anything else. What would be the key piece of advice that you could give them in order to start on that path of on that path of production? Really? Oh man, I will say that um, whenever someone does come up to me and they say that. Um, they're inspired to pursue animation, I just explode into like a zenith of absolute perfection. Cause that is, oh man, that's amazing. But yeah, my advice for that would be what personally um, got me on the rails in terms of animation. There's one book, I have it right here. Almost every animator has this book. It's called uh, The Animator Survival Kit by Richard Williams, who unfortunately uh, passed away two months ago. Um, if you can Google it, it's it's this big ass book. It's got tons of pictures, right? Uh, less words, more pictures, and it's got a bunch of just tips and tricks, and the animation principles are all there. Just browsing through this makes me want to pick up um, my pen and just start animating. So I would very much recommend this book. Any source material is good. Yeah, definitely. Any way that you can transfer knowledge. It's people. A lot of people say. Uh, just draw. And that's not a bad piece of advice. It's not invalid advice, of course. You can't improve if you don't draw, but cramming. Right. I guess I can compare it to a... Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, Bless you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry. If you don't study and get the source material in, you won't learn much either, because if you just draw, you're just drawing. But if you haven't got anything to reference it off of, then... You know, make as much progress as you could. References are always good to use. Like, there's, um, I, even I, I still use them, of course, because uh, some people say, like, they're training wheels, but it's just really crucial to just, because even art itself, is, you're just referencing real life, basically. So you, you always use references. And um, <laughs> I remember when I was young, I looked at um, old cookbooks with like desserts and stuff, like things you can bake, and just scrolling through that just made me want to bake it all, right? And just um, it's comparable to what I feel with um, the animation book, right? Because um, it's got all it's got sneaking walk cycles, it's got different types of walk cycles, character design stuff like that, and it just makes you want to try and do something like that myself. And I hope it does so for um, for more people. So yeah, that would be my suggestion. But yeah. I just decided, sorry, I decided to have a, a, a sneezing attack in the middle. <laughs> it's all good. You did have a very good way of describing it. With uh, some sort of permanence to be able to teach from is... 
is a very efficient way of teaching yourself, especially if you are just teaching yourself. If, and nowadays that's as easy as it will be in the entirety of human history because we have the internet. Information, especially the information you need, is at the tip of your fingertips. Fingertips, Jesus Christ. It's at the tip of your fingers at the yeah, in that aspect, I'm very grateful in the day and age where I can just learn uh, what I want without having to go to college, something like that. Because back in the day, like you, it, if you wanted to learn animation, it, it was going to be hard, man. Well, I mean, back in the day, if you wanted to learn how to read, you'd have to you'd have to be a either be a part of the church or pay an exorbitant amount of money <laughs> to learn from a scholar. So. <laughs> I yeah, think I'm going a little bit back further. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the 80s, not the middle. Things have come a long way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, I mean, if you're talking the 15th century, then yeah, things have come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in the Dark Ages anymore. Yeah. The spread of information, things are very easy to access. And I, honestly, I think before, well, up around the, 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 the 19th. The 90s, okay, is when things really started to pick up, and then it would vary, but you know what might mean. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's it. Very insightful. I hope it was. <laughs> English it is not my mean. first language, so I'm trying to make it sound as cohesive as possible. Well, it definitely sounds like it is. It's good for me. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, we should start off, you know, the conversation talking in Welsh or something like that. Well, <laughs> are you guys from Wales? No, I don't know where that came from. I was, ass I would assume you would say Dutch. Yeah. Considering, but sure, well. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to be random. I mean, I could have said, Wales you know, is sick man. They got a dragon on their flag, dude. I'm, I'm honored. That's a compliment, Copper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It just. Just trying to be random, it didn't quite work out as I intended. Well, we still love you. But I think that might actually do it for the interview, excuse me. I actually had quite the time. That was... I think I learned a lot more than I thought. For sure, man, me too. Each person has their own story to tell, and that's... Here in the Omega Republic, that's something we intend on doing for as many people as possible. In order to bring them together, that's. I think that's something that's very important and something that's kind of might be missing in this day and age. But obviously, the fandom is a very welcoming place, and I'm sure they'll welcome someone like you. It's about as welcome as I'm sure you already are. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you guys have been really sweet. Um, thank you guys so much for having me on, and keep fighting the good fight, man. I'm, I'm honored that it could be on your your podcast. Appreciate you coming on here to tell us everything about yourself. Oh yes, absolutely. It's been it's been a, a wonderful experience. Just the perfect way to spend a Saturday. For sure, man. Time goes really fast. I'm, I'm probably gonna catch some Z's in a couple minutes because uh, time zones. It's probably like ten o'clock Um, it's uh, nine p.m. Nine seventeen. But I'm a very good-natured, uh, very obedient boy, so I, I just want to keep my uh, my sleep schedule on track. Then you're in the same time zone as me, that's good. Wait, really? Yeah. It's, it's uh, well, I'm, I am in Europe. In, in, somewhere in Spain. Uh, in Spain? Oh, what? So, you're actually in the same time zone as I, it's, it's quarter past nine right about now. 
Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And we're in the same time zone. It's Spain. I didn't expect that. It's time zones kind of go all the way up. It's not just a particular part of the country. If you, if you look at the map, it's like a whole vertical part. And I, I think, I would assume the Netherlands is kind of in that same group. Yeah, kind of. Time zones are weird, though. I'm not really too uh, adverse in that. Um, uh, do you get any decent? Because I heard in Scandinavia, like they get like three hours of they get like three hours of sun. Uh, we get like like six hours. Oh my god, that's awful. Now I, no, I would think like more, like eight. Well, that's okay. Yeah, eight hours easily. Like in the winter, <laughs> like the dead of winter. Like the the dead of winter, like like seven hours. It's still like enough, but just gotta have some vitamin D supplements on hand. Is it, is it, I'm assuming snow is also a big factor too? Man, it hasn't snowed here in so long. Like, years. It's pretty worrying, actually. So it's kind of like a, a wet cold. Yeah, a wet cold. It, it does snow periodically, but then the the ground floor isn't uh, like cold enough to make the snow stay, so it just melts and it's just a dratty mess. What's it, what kind of general temperature do you get? Uh, let's see what the temperature is right now, and I'm very glad you guys use Celsius, because then I don't have to convert it. It's uh, 7 degrees Celsius. It's like probably around 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, 45, actually. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Google. <laughs> uh, why can't we all just use the same system, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, America is very strange. I don't know why you didn't use, why you don't use Fahrenheit, uh, Celsius. Yeah. Or why you call uh, a Royale with cheese a quarter pounder. <laughs> <laughs> and America is the only place that use metrics. I was a bit surprised, yeah, that you mentioned pounds earlier instead of kilos. Yeah, I guess it's just ingrained in me that whenever that whenever I'm talking English, I just have to use the the pounds. We have to, we have to change our entire language because right, I'm just so corrupted by American metric system. Or the imperial system, rather. Yeah, because you know you have to accommodate America. We can't accommodate you. You gotta, you gotta make it easy for us, because we're the ones that matter here, right? Right? Right. America. So how many, uh, how many ounces of water have you drank? How many pints? How many quarts? How many centimeters? Dude, <laughs> wow, I've drunk five centimeters of water. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Well, that was our wonderful friend Luke, Mr. Fatty Dragonite. We thank them and for you for joining us here on Suiting Up for Life. We hope to see you here next time here on the Omega Republic.